sun suck all your energy out? All right. Well, I heard this morning we may get some rain showers this afternoon. Yeah. The weatherman said there's uh, some rain in California that might be coming this way for a short stint and then be real humid this evening. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I never know. We might get some. Yeah, besides that, the Lord says, if you need it, he'll bring it. All right, turn with me to Acts chapter 17. We're going to see how far we can get today. I won't guarantee we finish up, but, uh, and, but we'll see where we can get there. And uh, we've already set up where uh, the Apostle Paul has been preaching in the, the uh, synagogues for, it says, for three Sabbaths. And uh, we don't know how much longer he stayed there, but we do know that a, a core group came out of this. And as we see today, we're going to see the effects of what that core group and what Paul's preaching was. But if you'll uh, uh, turn to uh, verse 5, it says, But the Jews, which believed not, moved with envy, looked unto them certain lewd persons of baser sort, and gathered a company, and set all the city on an uproar, and assaulted the house of Jason, and sought to bring, him, bring them out, uh, unto the people, and when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren into the ruler unto the rulers of the city, crying, "These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also, whom Jason hath received, and these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, one Jesus." And they troubled the people and the rulers of the city. When they heard these things, and when they had taken security of, of Jason and of the other, they let them go. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we do thank you that we know you have control of all things. Father, we know that uh, the challenges preaching the gospel can bring to, to the preachers. And Father, I thank you where you give us strength, you encourage us. And Father, we know that it's inconvenient to a lot of people. And I thank you, Father, for those that continue to preach the gospel regardless of what the circumstances are or regardless of the situation where people try to stop that. I thank you, Father, uh, truly that, that you guide and direct us all in our life's walk on this earth. And Father, we thank you that you love us, you take care of us, you protect us, and you stick closer than a brother. And Father, we know that we can rely upon you to give us that wisdom. And Father, I do thank you for each one that's here. I thank you for those that are watching uh, on the screaming. And pray, Father, that today, if there's one that doesn't know you as Savior, I pray that today would be the day that they make that choice to seek you and ask you to be their Savior, forgiving their sins. And Father, uh, start a new walk on this earth. And Father, we ask it all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, like we said, uh, the Apostle Paul spent three Sabbaths and you know uh, and I was I was looking back through the uh, through Thessalonians it doesn't say a specific amount of time that he spent there after those but I'm sure he had to spend some time there uh, to develop and then uh, get get people established um, because we know from there he goes to to Bria and uh, and preaches there but uh, as we see there's though the Jews in amongst 
the group that Paul was persecuted. Well, Paul was persecuted pretty much everywhere he preached, I think. And I don't think there were too many people that, um, that didn't try to, to stop him. But there were you know, those in the synagogue that were not willing to give up those traditions, not willing to listen to what the Apostle Paul has, or they listened, they took it on and says, there's no way I'm going to do that. I, I don't see that. I can't, I can't believe it. I can't trust it. And we're seeing a lot of that today. You know, they, were, they weren't persuaded by his messages. We have probably people that we've shared the gospel with or that sat under a preaching here that just were not willing to accept Christ as their Savior, not willing to set aside their pride and too in love with what they were doing to follow Christ. And it says they were moved with envy and they begin immediately to plot against him. We read earlier in the book of Acts where those, there were just about every town, somebody was trying to stop the Apostle Paul from preaching the gospel. <clears throat> Some of them didn't want him to preach because they knew what he was previously and says, why is this guy doing exactly opposite to what he was doing before? But as their activities were, or as the leaders were, they did not want to get their hands dirty. So what did they do? They went down and they found some people that were easily riled up. Hmm. Kind of have that going on right now up in Portland and some of the other cities. Easily riled up. They don't like what the government's doing. They want to have any excuse there is to go out and create trouble. And that's what these people were doing. Um, you know, they called them uh, certain lewd fellows of a baser sort and gathered a company of them. And, you know, they were basically rabble-rousers. You could put them that way. They enjoyed starting fights. They enjoyed anything that can have, well, I guess, excitement in their lives. Hey, I'm bored. I want something to do tonight. So what do they do? They go out and they, uh, uh, they get tied up. We can see that happening today yeah, all around this country. Uh, people get a reason or they, they come up with any kind of a reason and they exploit it. And then people keep pushing it and keep moving it. Well, what are they doing here? They, they uh, played on them a little bit. They probably weren't even, these folks probably weren't even in the synagogue. They just knew that, hey, these guys want, you know, they, they want to have a little excitement. So let's go down and, and start it up. So where do they go? They go over to the, the house of Jason. And Jason was one that had been evidently housing uh, Paul and Silas and may have even become one of the church homes. And it says when they found them not, they went there and, and they did not find them at, at, at the house there. They Drug, drug him out of the house. And so they, they wanted to create a bit of an uproar. I'm sure as they were going through there, they were probably doing everything they could to make sure everybody knew that there was a problem. And what, you know, that the, the accusations they were, were railing against them, it says, you know, uh, uh, these that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. So they were a little upset that they were hearing things that were contrary to the teachings of the Jewish uh, religion. They were angry that here, how dare this person come in and tell us something that we know is not true because we don't agree with it. 
Well, we hear that today, don't we? Somebody doesn't agree with us, what do they do? We have to agree with them. They're not allowed, we're not allowed to have our own opinion in a lot of cases. And, and it's so sad that there are groups out there that won't listen to a, a thing that, is, that comes from scripture, for instance. How many years has uh, Darwinism been floating around? And, you know, uh, they uh, call it a fact now, not, not theory. They say it's a fact. Although I love it when, uh, you know, groups like the Institution for Creation Research or the Ken Ham groups or, or others that are Bible-believing uh, in creation say, well, show us these things. It goes, well, we weren't there. But trust us. It's the truth. Yours is just founded on these myths. And people would rather believe a lie than to believe the truth. And, and, it's, and it's sad because they also uh, pointed out things uh, in verse 7. This is, uh, these do contrary to the degree, de decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, one Jesus. Well, there is another king. He is our king. But he's not ruling in the sense of Caesar, at least not right now. Eventually he will, but he didn't come to overthrow Caesar. And when Christ was before Pilate, uh, Pilate, what did he say? He told them that if, you know, his kingdom is not of this world. And if it was, he, his people would follow him. So their accusation... Uh, kind of was true because their world was turned upside down when they heard the truth and they didn't want to accept it it will upset them well that's exactly what happens when we tell somebody about christ we tell them about the gospel it upsets their world some people get very angry with it you know how many here of when they shared the gospel with somebody had them had somebody get angry at you for that i'm sure each one of us has probably had that i've had doors slammed in my face i've had Lots of things happen. Uh, Pastor and I were out visiting on, in Southtown one day, and we knocked on a door, and uh, a lady came, and we started asking her about, you know, if she'd gone to church growing up, and if if she uh, knew if she was going to go to heaven if she were to die. And all of a sudden, this man came from the back of the room and shoves her back, slams the door open, and says, "How dare you guys tell us this?" You can't be telling us that. You, it's, you know, just leave. And he says, I guess you don't want to hear the gospel then, I guess, or something. I said, we, we're going to leave a tract with you, but I guess you don't want that either. And he made it known that we were to get off his porch right now. The only thing he didn't have was a gun in his hand or another weapon to chase us away. But, you know, fortunately that didn't happen. But, you know, we left politely. And the woman was just, she was horrified. She's like, oh, what's going on here? And but I'm sure each one of us has had a similar episode. You know, and, and it's, it's a joy when we can share the gospel with somebody and they listen. They also were to count it joy too when somebody persecutes us for that or, or, or gives us a, a, a challenge. And these people, well, they were uh, trying to make it known uh, and, 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 and went to the, to the leaders of the town to tell them outright that what they were teaching is, is wrong. You know, they're teaching that there's another, another king besides Caesar, which was definitely false. I mean, 
What did Christ point out when, when people asked him about, you know, uh, paying taxes? You know, he says, render under Caesar what's Caesar's, and under God what's God's. And that's important. As a citizen, you know, we honor those that are in leadership. But these people didn't want to hear that. Well, they wanted any excuse. I mean, this crowd wanted any excuse. And the leaders of the church wanted an, an, an excuse, you know, uh, to have people upset over, over what was being taught. And, and it's really, really sad that, that people have that kind of a, a, an issue. You know, so, you know, the, the Jews attacked the believers. And when, the, when they're attacking them, they're actually violating their own own rules or laws, and and it's interesting. Uh, there's I have a, a little bit of an account here. You know, I think you can read the the Ten Commandments up there, and it's very interesting. You know, when when they go through there, that that they had some had turned from their idols, but the Jews were not willing to turn from them. And as we look through there, um, the Jews protested against Paul and Silas. And in verse 5 and 6, we pointed, pointed that out. And they were claiming to follow the law. And so, you know, if, if we were to look through here, which of the Ten Commandments do you think that they violated as they were, were, were going through this? Just, you know, violated a whole bunch of other laws. But, you know, of, of the Ten Commandments, which ones would you think that they maybe violated right off the bat? Lynn? Yes. Yeah, it's kind of uh, maybe that first one up there. <laughs> Violated that one right off. And, you know, the, the, the whole of that is, you know, no other gods. And, and they used people that were probably not even Jewish people to accomplish their task. And so those people weren't, weren't uh, they weren't serving God in, in reality. So what other one would you think might be in there? Brother Charles? Number nine, do not bear false witness. Yeah, do not bear false witness. Uh, an accusation, you know, uh, they filed accusations against them. Any others? What was their intent on when they got a hold of Paul and Silas? Probably to kill them, probably, <laughs> or to, to maim them, you know. Uh, number six up there, you got six. Well, we say nine, yeah, and possibly even, yeah, all the above. <laughs> and, well, they were, they were envious, they were jealous of them, so, you know, we could probably say number 10, maybe, you know, where uh, they coveted their popularity. You know, how dare they come into this town, you know, and, and get all these people riled up and tell them that there's, you know, the law isn't going to save them and that, that their whole idea was changed around. And so, you know, they show that they were very unfaithful to the Jewish laws. Yeah, number eight we throw in there also. Forget about that one. And, you know, so... When, when we think about Paul and Silas, you know, and, and going through, looking at these accusations, the, the, the whole, the, the mob, you know, while they didn't find them there, um, 
they were just showing their unfaithfulness uh, to the Jewish law. They had really um, no... Oh, right? Oh. Oh, we're good now? Okay. <laughs> coming, coming back in. But, you know, the, they... <laughs> lose track of my, my side here. But, but their actions against them, they showed that they were unfaithful to that Jewish law. They were not willing to listen. They were willing rather to let their own consciences tell them what to do. And when you think about this, they, they were looking at themselves rather than God. They were saying, we just all, all we got to do is follow the law. Yet the apostle Paul, as he was going through, when we talked about in uh, uh, Acts 13, a, a possible uh, presentation, he walked them through all of what the Old Testament had laid out, where that they were unfaithful, where they, they tried to do things their own way and weren't willing to listen to God. But the idea was that they were going to challenge these folks and they were going to make sure that the uh, Paul and Silas were not going to get away with teaching them. So when they didn't find them there, they, they drug Jason out. As, as it says in verse 6, when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren into the, into the rulers of the city. So they took their action to the city rulers. And because uh, Thessalonica was a pretty good-sized town, you know, they, they had a series of, uh, I guess, magistrates or any number of names to them. Uh, you know, like we have, like in Portland, they have a mayor and a bunch of city council people, and they run the town. Well, when you think about that, they, they make all the rules, and they change the rules on a regular basis to suit what they want to do. I mean, for instance, right now, I mean, the, the big cry is defund the police, for instance. Cut... Uh, cut uh, uh, you know, public uh, or uh, protection for the people uh, by, by getting rid of the, uh, or reducing the police or reducing the effectiveness of the police. So here are these rulers, they're being told by all these people, look what these guys are doing. They're, they're making rules or they're telling us things that are contrary to, to Caesar's rules. And you don't want Caesar to get angry at you. You don't want this mob violence going on. And so what we want you to do is be able to, uh, to rule on what's, going, what's happening. And, of course, uh, they didn't have Paul and Silas there. So, you know, imagine if you were uh, in uh, Jason's position. Him and, and it says others were, were dragged for him. You know, um, what would be going through your mind, for instance, if you were in Jason's position being drugged before the magistrates? What would, what would, you know, I mean, coming into your house, hey, you guys have been having these missionaries here. These people have been teaching contrary things. You know, you can't be doing that. Well, we have cities that are telling people they can't have Bible studies at their homes. They can't be meeting in church services. The governor of California, and thankfully the court overruled him and said that uh, in, in the case of uh, uh, MacArthur's church, he said that they can meet and said the governor has no authority over that. But yet, because people are afraid of that, you know, it would be, you know, an angry, for instance, if an angry mob decided to come here and, and tell us that we can't have services, what are we going to do? What would be going through your mind at that? 
would you be thinking, you know, wait a minute, uh, is it convenient uh, for me to, to be attending church and to be preaching? You know, what would, what would go through your mind? Would you say, oh, you know, okay, fine, you can do what you want to do. You know, would you fight back? Would you just say, okay, well, just lay your case out, Miss Patricia? Lord help me. <laughs> Lord help me, exactly. You know, it's interesting. Uh, uh, Christian Law Association has got some guidelines. One of them is don't fight the authorities over it. Just say, okay, fine. We'll not meet here. But as sure as it's done, give them a call and then go meet in another location. What are they going to do? chase you to the next location sure just make them make them do their job then but you don't fight them you don't tell them well you know the law says because you know what did jason do doesn't say really what he said to them and you know this is you know and and when they uh, verse 9 lays out what he did it says when they had taken security of jason and others they let them go so in other words you know jason says fine you know Make your accusations. You know they're not here, and you 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 think this is. Do you think Jason had had any thoughts like God? Is this the thanks I get for helping your servants? You know, no, I don't think he came through that. You know, if that were to happen, it's something really seriously to think about, especially the way today is going on. You know, and it's not the first time that it, that it's happened. I mean, when this country was first founded, if you weren't of that specific sect when you went went into a into in, in to preach into a town you had to pay a tax and if they didn't like what you were preaching they took you out and put you in the stocks and, and threw all sorts of stuff at you threw you in jail i mean how long how often was uh uh, uh, uh john bunyan thrown in jail for for preaching the gospel some towns did not want to hear us you know they accused paul and silas and they figured that Jason was representative of them. So they were going to, you know, make sure that they understood that they were going to pay for, for this. You can't turn our world upside down and get away with it is kind of what they're saying. When in reality, they said, fine, go ahead and do what you want to do. But that established that core group even more, gave them more resolve to develop that church. I know it would strengthen each one of us if we were persecuted like that. And thankfully, that's not been a problem. It's not like we don't, the, the city doesn't know we're meeting because we have that sign sitting out in the front at every, at every one of our services. And if somebody was to be upset, sure, they can come in. We'll offer them the gospel. There are people that are actually going around to churches and reporting them. One, because they're jealous. I really think they have nothing better to do than that you know it's it's important that we do what God wants us to do when it is convenient as well as inconvenient you know and and, and that, that is so important so when we when we think about this in what way did Paul and Silas turn the world upside down you know it upset the Jews. When you think about that, it upset them. This is, this is something that we, we can't fully comprehend. Now, later on, maybe some of them might have changed their tone. 
when the church got established. But Paul and Silas indirectly caused the uproar because it created a problem for them. They're going, well, wait a minute. If, if Jesus is really God, then we have to obey him and the fact that he died on the cross for us and he fulfilled all this so that we don't have to the the law isn't going to get us saved and on and you know and he has done this for us and we don't have to be doing it probably made them start to think about things in there and the message was saying that what you've been doing sets you up for understanding as a foundation for for what christ was doing it was affecting their complete perspective of what what the the scriptures were all about you know and, and another thought comes in is what did the accusations against Paul and Silas reveal about their faithfulness to God that's kind of what this next slide is you know the faithfulness to God when, when we think about this they accused them of welcoming uh, Jason of welcoming them in there but you know they came at a personal cost you know the faithfulness that they had when we preach the gospel when we teach when we go door knocking when we witness to somebody it comes at a personal cost when we stick to the scriptures as it says it's true and consistent we don't try to add our spin on it we may paraphrase some things and may explain it a little bit to somebody and how we understand it to present it but we're not changing that word we're not changing the truth of that you know it's, it was life consuming when we have Christ as our savior that is our life it, it consumes us it lets us focus on him and as he walks through this earth it bears fruit when we witness sometimes we might see somebody led come to the, to know Christ sometimes we might not but it's important those times that we don't bear fruit we're probably maybe watering what somebody else has already done maybe we're cultivating a little bit taking the weeds out of the way and this person might scratch your head a little bit more and it just it's going to bear fruit maybe it might prune somebody a little bit you know sometimes the edges have to be taken off from a tree in order for it to bear better fruit you know we have others where you type text <laughs> what other faithfulnesses might you think of as you look through there you know they weren't out to overthrow a government Christians aren't out to overthrow a government although in a Muslim country they'll say that they are to overthrow a government but when you look at how the Muslim religion is theirs is to overthrow every government so that it's their type of government and it upsets people especially Muslims when you tell them no you're you know you have no goal but to overthrow every government and to destroy anybody that doesn't want to be there Christianity doesn't do that when was the last time uh, you know you read in the Bible that we're supposed to kill our enemy when they don't accept us nowhere it's love our enemy that's pointed out and it's and it's important that we understand that we're representing christ as we go out we're to be the best citizens we can be if somebody doesn't agree with us 
what you know what what are we supposed to do we get upset and fight them for it well sometimes we might end up in an argument and then regret it later on but as uh, brother chris pointed out you know how do we present ourselves such that we can witness to somebody in just about any situation getting angry at somebody and then trying to go back to witness to later might damper the the opportunity Yet they were trying to, you know, tell them that they were treasonous people. You're you're trying to overthrow this government. No, we're not. Christians aren't aren't in that mode. We're not there to overthrow the government. So it's you know when we think about those, they uh, the the Jews attacked, and again today we're seeing that Christians are being attacked on a regular basis. If you're not a Christian, you're going to be praised, which is exactly opposite to what would be nice, but, you know, it's, go it's going to happen, you know. The other is, is that, as we noted, the magistrates released Jason, and as it says uh, that they were, uh, the rulers were somewhat perplexed. Um, I, I, I can't remember which specific city it was, um, that when, when Paul was brought up before the magistrates, they said, this is a, a matter in your church. You take care of it. It's not anything that, that Rome has to worry about unless you're going to create a, a riot. But what, it, what they're doing is, you know, the, the action to take, they didn't know what to, to, to think of it, the rulers. So what they do? They released Jason. They kind of gave him a, what, what would be considered a bond. You know, don't be creating other problems. You know, he doesn't say what Jason did, but, you know, um, if Jason had caused more disturbances, he probably would have uh, maybe been thrown in jail, but that was not his intent. He didn't create the disturbance. Who did? The Jews, the rabble-rousers. So what else would Jason lose as a result of being associated with Paul and Silas? That's something for us to think about, because we're Christians. What might we lose? What might what what are some of the things that we met? Lisa? Family. Family? Jobs. Friends? <laughs> Jobs? Yeah. You know, it it's it's very possible that because we believe the scriptures as truth and we we stand our ground preaching it, not that we're gonna be fighting somebody and knocking them down to the ground, other than maybe defending ourselves against that, but it's it's gonna uh, create uh, an issue with peace you know some people the reputation in a city might be changed because of somebody's stand for the gospel others may say they believe in what they teach and I admire them for it a lot of people appreciate when somebody is willing to take a strong stand for their, their beliefs Years ago, it was uh, uh, very commonplace. You didn't have certain, certain businesses open on Sunday. I think they called them blue laws back years ago. You couldn't buy certain things on Sunday because you were expected to be in church. You weren't allowed to, to you know, go to the bar, for instance, or you weren't allowed to go to certain places because they, they believed that Sunday was a day that, to be respectful of the Lord. Since then, 
you know, most stores are open seven days a week. They're only closed on certain holidays and very few of those. Um, what would Jason gain if he remained faithful to the Lord? What are some of the things that Jason might have gained if he's you know, peace with, with God? You know, Jason would have, he would have an inner peace with himself, knowing that he didn't compromise. You know, he, he also, he might, his needs might be met. He'd be taken care of. The Lord would be taken care of him. He would have a, a, a good reputation. You know, and, and when, when we look through there, you know, um, here we go. As, as he goes through the, you know, uh, this loss versus gains, you know, if, if he, uh, the losses that he, he uh, knowing Paul and Silas, you know, the not have, you know, uh, the, uh, if, he, if he gave up his uh, willingness to stand for the Lord, he might have peace with the Jews. You know, and he might not be accosted as often, or he might, you know, have a better reputation if he stood up there. But if, uh, you know, the gains, when you think about what he was going to gain, peace with, uh, with, with the Lord, peace, you know, his needs met, he would have joy, he'd have a good reputation with God and other believers. You know, and, and when you think of the gains versus the losses, you know, the gains obviously weigh out to us. The world sees the, the other way. They say that, you know, you know, you just get along with people. You know, don't let your little, you know, this, this blood thing and sin thing get in the way. You know, you need to believe the way we do. And, you know, just put your, your stuff down and come, come join us. And all too often, what do we end up with? We end up with, was it ecumenicalism? everybody must agree with each other just put aside your differences and what's what's God doing over that what's happening to uh, as Christians you know so we realize that the the faithfulness can be cost costly but the other is is that we will have a better life a better peaceful life and as a result the world will see what peace we have and the 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 last part of this, and I'm I'm not I don't want to go too quick, but the Apostle Paul preached in Berea as we as we close down here, you know, and it says uh, in verse ten, and the brethren immediately went sent Paul and Silas by night into Berea, who coming thither went unto the synagogue of the Jews. So he again he went to Berea and 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 in there taught them. So you know they were they weren't being unfaithful by leaving. It was kind of a common sense approach to let's let's continue moving forward. You've established this church, and their job was to do what God wanted them to do, and that was to move forward. But it was not to do everything that they could do. I mean they could have stayed there longer and they could have endured they could have put up and and continued but they left uh, Thessalonica with with a uh, a core group a nucleus a group that established that town or that church and so you know when they arrived there they went straight to the synagogue as as Paul normally did to continue to evangelize 
And, you know, even though they'd been attacked and accused, it didn't stop them. I think it encouraged them. It actually built them up as such that they were, uh, they were to use the experiences to say, well, God's taking care of us. And as we close this down and kind of end things up and you get to listen to maybe Brother Chris next week, <laughs> I think. <laughs> get a smile out of him at least. <laughs> but a thought comes to mind as we go down. It says, what actions could you begin to take this week that would be a good first step in becoming faithful or continuing to be faithful to the Lord? It's a rhetorical question, but it gives us like that checklist that we handed out at the beginning. You know, where do we stand? Where could we stand? What do we need to change in our lives? And for most people here, it's all continuous. Our lives, for the most part of, of, of this group, want to see the gospel going forward. We're not deterred by what the world wants us to do. We do what scripture tells us to do and what the Lord leads us in. So it's something for us to think about as, as we go forward is how faithful are we? How faithful do we want to be? And what do we need to do to continue that process? Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for your blessings. We thank you that you do take care of us in, in every aspect of our lives. Father, we thank you when you show us protection. We thank you, Father, that we can trust you, that you'll not direct us in the wrong area, but that if we let the world guide and direct us, we will, we will go the wrong way every time. Father, I'm thankful for the truth that we have, for the blessings that you give to us, and for the mercies that you show to us, and the encouragement that we're given to share the gospel as often as we can. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.